Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Summit County HealthCast and a Happy New Year to everyone. This week I'm here with previous health educator and as of today, January 3rd, the brand new health promotions director, Shelly Worley. How are you doing today, Shelly? I'm doing great, thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on and I guess first of all, congratulations Thanks. for the new promotion. I'm very excited, excited to get started. Before we kind of get into the details about your new job, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, how long you've been around Summit County, kind of a little bit about your experience. I have been in Summit County for over 29 years. Typical story, moved out here to ski with some friends, fell in love with the community, the mountains, and the seasons were a big draw for me, so I decided to stay. We love the outdoors here as a family. We ski, we hike. Last summer we hit every national park in Utah and that was great. That is cool. Yeah, so as a family, that's one of the things that we love doing is just enjoying the outdoors and what better place to take advantage of it than Summit County and the rest of Utah. I have been working as a health educator, like you said, for Summit County for over a year. It started because I was fortunate enough to do my internship here with Katie Mullally when she had developed a program called Thriving Lifestyles. And so I helped her promote that as part of my internship and just really developed some strong relationships here and was fortunate enough to be able to come on as a health educator after I finished my degree. Before you came here, you were doing personal training and nutrition, is that correct? Yeah, I've kind of had my hand in a lot of things regarding health. I have worked in every capacity of health. I love it. I am a personal trainer. I was a nutrition and exercise consultant for many years. I've also worked down in Salt Lake County as doing HIV and STD counseling and testing. I have worked with the Salt Lake County Sheriff's Department doing assessment of their dispatchers and working on a health wellness program with them during my time at the University of Utah. So yeah, so I've had my hands in a few different things regarding health. A little bit of everything, right? Mm -hmm. That's so, what I try to do. <laughs> we're excited for the experience you're going to be bringing to the new position. So kind of moving and talking more about health promotions, what does your role now entail as the director? What was your role as the health educator specifically here? And then what responsibilities will you be adding on now that you're also the director? Yeah, my role currently has been, I've had the ideal role as a health educator because I've been able to have my hands in a little bit of everything. I work with our employee wellness program through the county. I work to improve access to fresh produce. I work with farmers markets, the local food banks. We've also, I've also worked with the senior citizens in our area with a program called Stepping On, which I'll get into later. But I also work with the local schools. I work with them educating and training on ways to offer more access to physical activity during the schools and help to improve our nutrition 
within the school district. Okay. I get to do a little of everything. I also get to work with preschool facilities, early childhood obesity prevention program that we have called Top Star. So that's been a great fun way to kind of a different area in the community that we haven't really tapped into previously. Before we kind of get into some of the other programs like Step On, what are some of the things you're doing specifically with the employee wellness program and then also with the farmer's market? Because I think maybe a lot of people don't associate the health department with the farmer's market outside of maybe a food safety role. Mm -hmm. I don't think they really look at it from a nutritional point of view. And so I think it's interesting that we work with. So one of the things we're trying to implement in Summit County is for everyone to have access to fresh produce. One of the programs that we we have currently is called SNAP, which is basically a food stamp program, Mm -hmm. but a way for people to access fresh produce through the farmer's markets. Basically, it's a type of credit card. So um, we're hoping to get all of the farmer's markets to implement the SNAP program and for people to be able to use their EBT card, it's what we call it, at the farmer's markets so they can access the fresh produce from the farmer's market directly. There's a couple of different ways we can do that in the community. But the other way is just promoting different areas around the community where people can get the fresh produce. Yeah, yeah that, that's really interesting and something I know before I started working here, I had no idea that the health department was involved in that way. So mm-hmm. it was really cool for me yeah. to learn as well. Yeah. So you inherited a pretty robust program from Jerry uh, going forward. So what are some of your goals you have to kind of continue what she already had in place, but also to expand and kind of develop and make this program your own? You know, Jerry was here for over 25 years. And so she developed the program and she did an outstanding job. And I've been fortunate enough to work with her the last year and learn a lot from her. We've touched base on this position and um, she is a a great supporter for me and I appreciate that. As far as growing and expanding our program, it really involves our staff keeping their thumb on the pulse of our community, assessing the needs of the individuals and our community as a whole and then being able to plan and develop health health education programs appropriately. So it's not up to us to develop these programs. It's based on the needs of our community, Mm -hmm. and that's what we have to keep in mind. The other thing is building relationships and partnerships within our community. That is going to sustain any program we develop. The key to our programs exist in the relationships that our staff has with the community and that's the only way we're going to grow it. That's kind of one thing we focus on overall at the health department is community awareness about what we have going on which kind of leads into my next question. You talked about keeping a pulse on the community and being aware and working with them. So what's something that health promotions offers that you wish the community was more aware of or maybe took more advantage of? I think one of our greatest programs is called, it's a program called Stepping On and it is a senior falls prevention program. We just finished our second one, and this one took place at Park City Senior Center. We had a great turnout. We had 17 participants. But this is a seven-week program, and it targets the age group of 65 and older is typically our target. Falls are the leading cause of injury and death among those 65 years and older. So that's the purpose of targeting that age group. But during the seven-week program, older adults learn balance and strength 
exercises and gained very specific skills to prevent falls. During the seven weeks, we had community members, professionals in specific areas come in once a week and provide education to the seniors. And we had a physical therapist come in and lead the exercises, the balance and strength training exercises. They came in three different times. Mm -hmm. We had Greg from the Park City Market, the pharmacy there. He, the pharmacist, he came in and talked with uh, the participants about medications and how they can have an impact, various medications, how they can have an impact on balance. Then we also had vision specialists come in and also a community specialist talking about safety within our community. It was fun. They were a great group, and I think everyone walked away with something new. They learned something new, and it's been proven. This is an evidence-based program. It's been proven if you follow the guidelines and if you do these exercises, you will improve the strength and the balance and prevent falls. It's one of the programs that we're really trying to promote. We're gonna offer another one in the spring and then hopefully one more in the fall. And I think it's interesting, uh, just listening you talk about it, that it's not just about maybe the physical therapy and the exercises, but you include vision and all these other things that kind of come together as a whole to help prevent falls. What's really great too is bringing these professionals in and they can answer the questions. I am not the professional on medication. I don't claim to be. If we can pull these members from our community in and have these discussions with the participants, they provide valid answers that really support the program. They're the backbone of the program. Well, that is cool, and that's something, um, like I've said before, that I didn't know about before I started at the health department, and I think it's one of those kind of niche things that we offer that a lot of people, mm -hmm. a lot more people would take advantage of, the, of if they knew about it. Kind of looking forward now, I guess, getting your crystal ball out, what are some specific health challenges you see Summit County currently facing, or what are some challenges maybe that we see coming in the next 10 years or so, and what is health promotion specifically working to do to address those things and prepare for those things, things right, like that? Right, Chronic disease is probably the greatest challenge that we're going to face in the next 10 years. It's currently a big issue. It's only going to, it's a growing concern. We, right now, one of our health educators, Serene Brooks, is our chronic disease prevention specialist. She's also a registered dietitian, and she is doing a great job of developing and promoting a diabetes prevention program. She has worked with the schools. She's gone into the schools and provided education regarding diabetes to within the health education classes. Mm -hmm. She's worked with staff within the school districts to promote awareness of diabetes and how best to deal with possible diabetic students, concerns that they may have. She's also developing a program, a diabetes prevention program mm -hmm. that she is currently promoting within the county with the county employees and that's been very successful. We also just want to become more involved in the prevention side of it, providing education and giving people the tools that they need to make the proper behavior changes so they right. can be healthy. That's the whole goal of health promotion is to provide the education that people need to make the proper changes in their life so they can have a healthy life. And I think it's interesting and, and important to note that 
these programs, a lot of them take place in schools, uh, elementary schools, mm -hmm. and things like that, and that the focus is prevention because I feel that it's a lot easier to prevent something and to establish healthier lifestyles early on in life right. than it is to kind of have to switch directions and change things later on when you're older or maybe after you already have some of these issues arising. Right. It's funny because we used to start education as far as health education goes and prevention mm -hmm. education later and now we're finding we need to start earlier and earlier. We're even working with our child care facilities and early preschool age children wow. on proper health choices, drinking more water, eating more fruits and vegetables, but it's all about providing education and making changes early on. A lot of our habits are established before we even go into first grade. The earlier we start, the better. And providing education for families, that's the other thing that we're starting to focus on as a team, is getting in and eating, um, promoting eating together as a family. It's a simple thing to do, but it has a great impact, not only on academics, but behavior. Also, it reduces the risk for alcohol and tobacco use at a young age. And I think that's one of those things that's it's harder than it sounds, but at the same time, just getting together for dinner uh, compared to addressing maybe some issues that were, would arise from this down the road, it's a relatively easy thing to do when you think about sitting around the table yeah. together. Yeah. And basically what it comes down to is making it a priority. Mm -hmm. So, it, And it doesn't even have to be dinner, but eating a meal together as a family provides opportunities for your children to talk and interact. And it's a safe place. So they can tell you about their day. They can tell you about their fears. It's just a time to have conversation. And usually that conversation will come out around a meal. It gives kids the opportunities to talk to their parents if they're having problems in school, but also it makes children feel safe. It's just a safe environment to have that conversation. So we're gonna segue here a little bit, talking about habits and challenges. One thing I wanted to bring up now that we've just rung in the new year is talking about New Year's resolutions. Everybody has a resolution, at least through the first week of January. Whether they keep it or not is something we're kind of going to discuss. Related to exercise, I mean, I get, I get why people start resolutions this time of the year. It's kind of the trendy thing to do. You know, you put it out on Facebook that you're going to do this and this and you're going to be healthy and it's easy to get motivated. It's a new year, new you. But then February rolls around and it's harder to stick to. So why do you think that these resolutions, in fact, a study I found says that over 80% of New Year's resolutions fail every year. So related to exercise specifically, which seems like one of the bigger ones, mm -hmm. why is it you think that people just can't stick with these? Well, I think it's funny that you brought up February because most resolutions don't even last through the month of January. Right. So we don't get through the first week. I was being a little week. optimistic. You were being very optimistic. I think eight days is the average. Typically, we are not detailed enough about setting our fitness goals. We'll throw things out like, I just want to lose weight. A more specific goal would be, I want to lose one to two pounds a week. Or people will be like, oh, I'm going to run a marathon by the end of the year but they haven't identified a specific plan of how they're gonna train mm -hmm. and break it down step by step so they're ready for that marathon. All of a sudden, we're back to January 1st and we didn't run the marathon and we didn't lose the weight. But we will next year, But right? we will next year. <laughs> and that's the great thing. We can always start tomorrow. But if you have these specific goals in place and steps, you're more likely to be successful and stick with it. 
Coming from your background working in nutrition and personal training, we talked about setting specific goals and stuff, mm -hmm. but what are some other maybe tips or I guess we could call them hacks that people can do to develop an exercise schedule and then mm -hmm. stick with it? So the big thing is develop a specific game plan. You know, you want to write it down. You want to develop a plan. Break it down. What's my goal for the year? Mm -hmm. And then break it down month by month, week by week, day by day. And you want to write it down because right. that's accountability right there. And put it somewhere where you're going to see it. And then accountability partners are a sure way to make sure that you're going to go out for that walk every day. If you have someone, if you know someone is waiting for you, you're going to be there. And if they're relying on you, you're going to show up. So whether it's a gym partner, a walking partner, mm -hmm. swimming, whatever it is, make sure you have an accountability partner. It will increase your chances of maintaining a fitness schedule, a routine. The other thing is you got to put it on your calendar. I don't know about you, but if I don't have time set aside for my physical activity, mm -hmm. whatever that may be, walking, going to the gym, swimming, skiing, you got to block it out on your schedule. We're busy people. We are all active. But if I know from 8 to 9 in the morning or if I have to get up at 6, if I have it on my calendar, if I have an alarm set on my phone, I'm more likely to do it. And then the most challenging one I think for most people would be we have to be realistic. Right. You know, <laughs> not um, going to go in and squat 500 pounds on your first day. No. And I wouldn't try, if you haven't been physically active on a regular basis, I wouldn't try to go out and run five to 10 miles the first time. You're, you're not going to want to do it again yeah. if you do finish. No. You won't be able to get out of bed the next right. morning. Speaking from someone who did the <laughs> Ragnar for the first time this summer, I, I, I found that to be true. If you... Yeah. I don't know. You might be a little sore the next day. But let's be realistic. And some, you know, it's hard for some people who were who had been very active previously and then maybe for the last year they haven't been. You still have this image that I am in great physical condition and I should be able to go out and do what I did a year ago. Right. But just be realistic about it. Start small. You know, maybe it's 20 minutes. Maybe then the next day we do 25 minutes or you start three times a week and bump it up to five. So let's be realistic about our goals and have the proper steps in place because you don't want to cause an injury. And you know what else is really fun are the fitness trackers. I think they're a great way to kind of keep you on track throughout the day, especially for people who tend to be in an office or have a desk job. Right. You know, which you, we both have. Right, <laughs> which we both have. You know, every once in a while you glance down at your watch and you're short on your steps for the day, it motivates you to get up and walk around. And maybe you have to walk to the printer at the front of the office and walk back mm -hmm. instead of using the printer right at your desk. Or maybe you get up and walk around your office building. They are fun reminders if, you, if you've accomplished your goal for the day or if you still have some things that you have to do to reach your goal for the end of the day. And it's just a fun way to stay motivated. I think, and I would definitely agree, I have a, a Fitbit, and I've noticed, uh, since I've had it for a couple of years, and you really, like, kind of like when you talked about people that have an exercise for a little while, and they have this image in their brain of still being healthy and in really good shape, mm -hmm. and I think it's the same way about just how much we move in a day. We probably tend to overthink how much right. we actually move, and then right. it's like, you get home from work, and, you know, you pull up the app, and you're like, wow, I, I didn't move at all today. Yeah. 
And you know, it's interesting as far as chronic disease prevention goes, even for people creating a healthy lifestyle, it's more than just going to the gym for an hour. And then if it's, it can be um, harmful to us, even the most active people who get in that hour at the gym in the morning and then go to work. And if they're sitting for eight hours during the day, that can be extremely harmful to our health mm-hmm. versus yeah, go to the gym for eight hours. I mean, for an hour in the morning or eight hours if you want. Go to the gym for an hour, but then throughout the day, you still have to be up and moving. Mm-hmm. Those extended periods of time where we're sitting can be very harmful. Really, you, even if you have to set the alarm on your watch every hour to two hours to remind you to get up and walk around, I would do so because it, it goes a long way. And I think it also helps too. I know if I find myself kind of getting caught up in a project or something and I haven't moved in four Mm -hmm. hours, I get really tense and just fidgety and just getting up and making a quick walk around, obviously getting those steps in, but also it helps me focus a lot better to kind of let out a little bit of energy. You come back with a clearer mind and you're more focused and you're ready. And also you often come up with some more ideas while you're on the walk or outside getting Mm -hmm. some fresh air. You come back with a new idea and you're ready to sit down and be focused and you can pound it out. Another thing with kind of talking about the New Year's resolutions and stuff like that is people deciding they're gonna get in shape. And I know gyms this time of year get completely just packed with people Mm -hmm. and you have the people that go year round are just like, what are all these people doing in here? They'll be gone in a month. And I think that's the first thing people think about when they're like, I'm gonna get in shape this year. You know, I'm gonna hit the gym twice a week, but living in the area that we live in, there's thousands of different ways we can be active in Mm -hmm. Summit County. So what are some of the ways you would suggest people go out and get some exercise without going into a gym? Right. All you have to do is look out your window and you see the greatest playground you're ever going to have. And it's the best gym and it's free. Best advice is whatever you're doing outside, make sure you're dressed for the elements. My favorite thing to do is to get outside and walk. Everyone can do it and everyone has the access to a place that they can walk. Bundle up, get outside, wear the proper clothing, the proper shoes and go for a brisk walk. It's a great form of exercise. It gets your heart rate up. It's low impact. And things look different in the winter than they do in the summer. So it's always fun to get outside and see the difference in the environment. Do activities that you enjoy. So maybe try something new that you haven't tried before. Maybe go skate skiing or cross country skiing. Even sledding with your kids is a great way to get outside and be active. Have a snowball fight with your kids. We have trails in every community around here that people can hike. You can even bike now in the winter. They have these great bikes that maneuver the trails a little easier. The big fat tires. The big fat tires. (laughs) And everyone I've talked to that's tried it, loved it. There are plenty of places in the community though where you can have access to a trail either to bike, hike, or ski that does not cost any money. And I don't know if this is kind of an old wives tale or if it actually makes a difference, but obviously it being colder, we burn more calories in the winter. So this time of year, do we burn doing an exercise outside? Are we really burning more than we would in a gym? Is there a benefit there? Or is it just kind of maybe in your head? It might be in your head, but a lot of times the activities that we're doing outside, for a lot of people who have that feeling, is they're not as, efficient so they probably are burning more calories so if you haven't done a certain activity before you probably are burning a lot more calories Mm -hmm. because you're not very efficient with it the first time i went skate skiing i think i burned 2,000 calories because i 
kept falling and had to get up and <laughs> right. it was it was much more of a workout the other thing is just layering properly you know a lot of people don't have the proper layers and lose a lot of body heat you have to work harder to maintain that temperature okay. So probably if you are burning more calories, you're you're not doing something right. You're, you're borderline <laughs> hypothermic know. or something. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Before we wrap up, what's one thing you want the public to know about health promotions and kind of take action on? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the greatest thing I want people to know, the most important thing is we are a resource here for the community. If you have a concern or if you have a need, make us aware of it. Give us a call. We are here for this community, for Summit County. I guess that's it. Once again, congratulations on the new job and Thank thanks for taking the time to sit down with me. Great. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County.